0: I never set up an alarm. I wake up when I wake up. And it's, it's all about, I think habits are all about doing what makes you happy and what makes you a better person, what makes you more productive. If I wake up at 7, I'm going to be grumpy. I'm going to be non productive. I'm going to be tired the whole day. So it's, I wake up when I wake up, when I'm rested. And then I know I'm going to be way more productive by doing this. My whole day is going to be much better by that.
1: What is up, podcast community? My name is Michael Chernow, and this is the Creatures of Habit podcast. Habits are everything, and on this show, I will be interviewing some of the most inspiring, motivated, and high-performing humans on the planet to learn about the daily habits, routines, and rituals that help keep them focused, determined, on top of their game, and ultimately, happy. My journey from the depths of addiction and misery to success as a family man and serial entrepreneur was only made possible by replacing bad habits with great ones. And my mission in life today is to share that story and the story of others with you to bring value and life-changing tools to as many people as possible. So sit back, relax, and pay attention because what you hear in this podcast today can potentially change your life. Let's go.
2: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Creatures of Habit Podcast. I've got a guest on the show today that I'm so excited to introduce you guys to. Valentine Thomas. She is, I mean, I like there's I the list of things that this person has done is incredible. She's a world record holder, spear fisherman. She's a free diver. She is an educator. She is an entrepreneur. She is a speaker. She is an author. She just put out her new book, Good Catch. Um, she is an advocate, which I think really arguably is her mission in life. She advocates for really sort of sustainable oceans, sustainable eating from the oceans, understanding what the oceans have to offer and why we're doing things the wrong way and how we can be potentially doing them the right way. Um, and we have a lot of identification on that because I am also deeply passionate about sustainable seafood, sustainable oceans. I opened up a restaurant, as you guys know, called Seymour's years ago that was all about sustainable seafood. Excited to talk to Valentine about that. But, without further ado, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much for having me.
2: Absolutely. You've done so much. You've done so much. I, I, I really want to learn about, you know, this, this podcast is about habits. It's about things that we do on a daily basis to ultimately uh, be better versions of ourselves, right? I, 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 the story podcast is something that we see a lot of. We hear people's stories, and that's great. This podcast is really a 30 to 40-minute bite-sized piece of content for people to understand what you do uh, and try to implement some of those things into their lives to potentially be better. So I wanna talk about spearfishing and how you went from being a trained lawyer and finance in, 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 in Europe in London to spearfishing. <laughs> how did that happen?
0: Well, it was kind of by Luck, I guess I could say, it was, I met friends in London and they were super into spearfishing. And I think it's pretty obvious that there's not a lot of people in London that are into spearfishing. So I kind of got lucky in that way. And then they forced me to get into it. I didn't want to because I'm scared of, I was scared of the ocean back then. And then I tried it and it kind of changed my life in a way.
2: So that's a really, really great topic um, that you were scared of something, like genuinely, and you forced yourself to do it was there a moment that you can recall where you were like okay i'm going to i am going to go for this like th- th- i'm going to force myself to do this
0: it's i, I pretty much didn't want to do it the whole time it was i was so freaked out about going to do this but i also do have a massive fomo in my life so <laughs> i guess that's what pushed me to do it <laughs> and even through it i didn't really the first part of the experience was not great for me. I was panicky. I was just I was just not well. And then I was like, you know what, just do it, just do it, just do it. And once I've done it, that's when I finally was like, that was so cool. <laughs> and i so happy. <laughs> so
2: it sounds like commitment was a massive part of that. Yes. Was it like a daily thing that you just said, I'm going to go do this every single day?
0: No. So it was... It's not even spearfishing that I fell in love with. It's the whole bringing the fish back. So I fell in love with food sourcing. I fell in love with discovering a different aspect of my personality because I've been anxious since I was a kid. Everything scared me. I had super, severe panic attacks for years. And now all of a sudden, I'm becoming this like, wow, I look at me like I'm doing cool shit. Like I'm in the ocean and I'm catching my own food. And then I was like, wow, like, I can do cool stuff. I'm not just a scared person who cannot do anything and I'm worried to have a panic attack in the subway. Like, I can do this. There's sharks around me and I don't mind. This is cool. This is me.
2: <laughs> that's so cool. And that's real. Like, you're, you know, there's, there's, there's doing things that are scary, right? And then there's doing things that 99.999% of the people in the world will not do. And that's what you do. That's like yes. you've, built, yeah, <laughs> you've, you've built like you've built this world around you that, you know, I think that the act of spearfishing is not like the, the finish line for you. It's literally all the things that come, come with it. So why don't you just talk to us real quick about like what it means to harvest your own food and um, what was it about that that excited you?
0: Well, it's definitely the cooking aspect of it? So I started cooking since I could basically walk. It's always been my biggest passion. So of course, I definitely really fell in love with bringing food and having access to different things that I didn't know and the freshest products out there that I was gathering myself. But also, it's it was. This is gonna sound so weird, but like I, I discovered the freaking Homo Sapien in me, and it's crazy because it's. Again, I've been so defined by being the anxious girl that's scared of freaking everything. And that now I'm like, no, like now I'm, I'm, I'm connecting with who I am as a species and it's so weird. And it's, I'm born and raised downtown Montreal. So it's not, I'm not an outdoorsy person. I've never been an outdoorsy person. So this was kind of a redefinition of who I was, not me, Valentine, but as a human being. And it's just, just a weird transition of, not kind of qual- uh, like describing myself as what I'm scared about and who I am personality wise. And I got to redefine that. And that's just what just it was it was very odd,
2: but I think that's so cool. It
0: changed changed everything in my life.
2: So you've connected with like the primal side of yes. of of yourself.
0: Yes. And I passed from being a wuss who's scared of my own shadow to I mean I really don't mean that like in a cocky way but like it Becoming like, I do badass stuff Bucky outside. Badass. And like, it's just like, <laughs> and I changed who I was. And that took by just going.
2: So I think for anybody listening, right? Like that's super empowering, right? That's super encouraging. And you know, this this podcast really talks less about motivation and more about discipline and more about like consistency and doing a lot of the same shit over and over again to ultimately develop cor- confidence, which ultimately, because like what your story says is you committed to this thing. And that thing opened up a world to you that was ultimately building confidence. And that confidence built more confidence. And then that strength and confidence built courage. So you can just fucking go do all the things that you want to do. Like that also is like a bit of a depiction of my life as well. Um, I ran from things for a long time. And then one day made a change, made a decision, and said, fuck that. Like I am going to not do that anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to allow my fear to... Determine my happiness or my success or my failure, you know, and um, You know, it's just so interesting because when I was a kid I grew up in Manhattan I grew up in New York City and so I also was not like exposed to the outdoors life But on Sundays every day as a kid from like first grade to sixth grade I went with a bunch of kids in my sports crew fishing on the weekends we would go out to capture in freeport long island and we would go fishing every single sunday on the party boats and so fishing was like a huge part of my childhood huge and you know when we when we went fishing in long island there was no tuna. There was no. I mean, there is tuna deep out in Long Island, but not very rarely close close to the shore. Um, but there's no salmon. There's no halibut. You know, there was like ling cod, but there was no like big cod, Atlantic cod. It was like porgy, blackfish, tautog, uh, whitefish, uh, Stripe? tilefish, striped bass, bluefish, um, snapper, like shit that you never see. Pretty mammals.
0: awesome fish to eat, though. <laughs>
2: Amazing fish to eat. I grew up eating that stuff. I grew up eating it, catching it, loving to catch it, bringing it home, and asking my mom to cook it. <laughs> um, but, and then ultimately getting my, you know, becoming a chef and cooking myself. But, you know, it's just so interesting that, that when I wanted to open up a seafood restaurant, I said, I have to shine some light on the species of fish that are abundant, that are not overfished, that are totally underutilized, underappreciated, that nobody fucking knows. Yeah. You know, nobody knows. It's so crazy. What up, podcast fam? I am interrupting this episode to quickly remind you that Creatures of Habit is no longer just an instant or overnight high-protein oatmeal company. We are now a full system wake up to wind down habit company. Start your day with meal one, which a lot of you already do. And now of course, we're a few weeks into the launch of Nightcap, which is a sleep support elixir that is an unbelievably delicious cup of hot chocolate with amazing ingredients that are gonna help you relax, fall and stay asleep. So start your day with meal one, finish with Nightcap, start strong, finish strong, stay strong, back to the show. So what is sustainability? Like when when you talk about sustainability, what does it mean to you?
0: The thing is that I I don't think that we can go too crazy in sustainability thing. It's I think we have to be. I think living sustainably is to enjoy life and just not be an asshole about it. It's think about grabbing your bags going before going to the grocery store and. Try different things and just you know look at where the things you're buying are sourced. Pay the extra two bucks for the good stuff instead of getting the bad stuff. And I think as a consumer, that's that's what sustainability should mean. Mm-hmm. Just do the right thing when you can.
2: Small little things. Yes. Grab like have a bag that you go to the grocery store with. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, I when I when 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 I decided that sustainability was gonna be what what Seymour's was. The world of shit that I walked into was, it was intense, you know, because there's so much specifically in the oceans, right? There's so much unregulation and there's so many, so many people are saying, you should do this and you shouldn't do this. And then you talk to the actual fishermen and they're like, no, 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 no. Like, that's not fucking possible. Like, we're, we're, we're small fishermen. Like, you know, that it's just not true, you know? So there's, and I'm sure that you've, you've experienced a lot of that and know way more about that than I do, but, um... If we had to get into habits, do you, are you a habit person? Yes and no. Tell me about that.
0: I get bored by repetition. But that being said, <laughs> after traveling around for seven years and basically not having a home, now I, now I need some. I need a hab- I need habits in my life. I need different things. But it has to be little and I get to try to change them a little bit. I'm a very go-with-the-flow person. Mm-hmm. But... I also realized that, especially work-wise, you do need you need habits, even in my personal life too.
2: Are there any habits that you are doing now or have done over the course of time that have really been impactful in your life?
0: Yes. So a really, really big one, which is probably going to be frowned upon, I would say, I never set up an alarm. I wake up when I wake up. And it's, it's all about, I think habits are all about doing what makes you happy and what makes you a better person, what makes you more productive. If I wake up at seven, I'm going to be grumpy. I'm going to be non productive. I'm going to be tired a whole day. So it's, I wake up when I wake up when I'm rested, and then I know I'm going to be way more productive by doing this. My whole day is going to be much better by that. Hmm. That's a very odd habit. I, I get that.
2: <laughs> no, I don't think that's an odd habit. I mean, look, you know, I, I, I think for me, the structure that I've built is probably necessary because I spent years as a complete, lunatic, chaotic, absolute drug addict, maniac, (laughs) like literally. And so I changed my whole entire life, which required an enormous amount of structure in order to be successful. Like I needed, because I was so out to lunch for so many years, when I, when I made the call to be like, okay, well, I'm going to go from that to this. It just had to be structured. And so I've really settled into this super structured morning routine, lifestyle, evening routine, but. Is there like a – so when you say you you just wake up, like what time do you typically wake up? Whenever.
0: Nine. <laughs> but that's – 8.30, nine. But you know what? I think that habits, same thing as diet, same thing as exercising. Everything has to do with you. Everything is – is de- depends on the person you are. It depends on your body. It depends on what you believe in. Sustainability is the same thing. I think you cannot have a, a mold that fits everybody. I think whatever makes you a more productive person, whatever makes you happier, whatever fits where what you believe in, I think everything needs to be adapted to that. If waking up early makes you miserable, like it did to me. Don't do it. Then just don't freaking do it because then I think life is short too.
2: Totally. Is there, <laughs> um, are, there, are there any other things that you do that really contribute to your happiness barometer?
0: At least one of my meal a day, I need to enjoy it. So that's for me, that's something that's massive. I need food. is such a big part of my life, so I need to eat in a way that makes me happy.
2: And what does that mean?
0: A lot of fat, <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. of butter.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: I mean, my life's philosophy is basically eat enough butter <laughs> in case you get hit by a bus tomorrow, but not too much so you don't get too cholesterol also. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I guess, yeah, everything has to be structured around. That type of philosophy. Everything has
2: to be structured around butter.
0: <laughs> butter. Butter
2: is the, is the, is the exactly. base camp. And then anything else that happens is like, whatever. <laughs> um, are there any habits that you've broken over the years that you – or habit that you've broken over the years that have really made an impact on your life?
0: Yes. And I think one of the biggest one was to – I don't know if that would be considered a habit, but to always compare myself to other people. I always try to measure um, my success and what I was doing in my day by looking at what other people were doing. I'm Like, oh no, that people was doing that today. Oh, oh no, my, my day like so like stupid. Like I shouldn't do that. And I just stopped doing that. I stopped looking at what other people were doing. And sometimes it's hard, you know, we're all humans. So of course, we always have, especially with social media, I always have this little urge of comparing yourself, but I just stopped looking at that and I just stopped looking and comparing myself. It's marathon.
2: <laughs> is there is there like any sort of technique or tactic that you that you think about when because we all I mean look social media is a thing right it's like it's actually a real thing um, not it's not actually a real thing but in our lives it's a thing for most people um, yes that are not you know seventy years old um, and so that it makes it really difficult to not look at what other people are doing and compare your lives to them, right? It makes it hard. Yes. Um, and the, 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 the fucked up thing is is that most of those people that we're scrolling through looking at is, is like rented things and like, Airbrushed (laughs) things, and but um, at the end of the day, like, is is there are there any techniques that you've sort of implemented that that help you to stave away from that comparing and and, and despair thing?
0: So I do limit my social media media time a lot, which is kind of it was a hard step for me because, of course, the major the majority of my business is based on on social media, so it's so I kind of had to change my, my habit around social media about being more about less about scrolling and seeing what's happening and more having a purpose out of it. So before COVID, I did a lot of meetups. Every time I was going to a city for a job, I was like, I'm going to make Starbucks between that time and that time. Come and talk to me. And I really want to like to really change this whole view and perspective also on what social media should be. So now I have a timer or two on my phone. I'm not allowed to go on social media for more than 30 minutes a day have to do a poster a day, perfect. I'm going to write it on Word or in notes. I'm going to pick the photo, open Instagram, post it, thank you very much, and then I pass to something else. Or if I have to look at different pages or, like, inspiration for cooking, but I, it's, it's time. It has to be time. It's too time-consuming, and I cannot waste three hours, four hours of my day scrolling in Instagram. And I realized that my time on Instagram a day was, like, four, or five hours? That's insane. Mm-hmm. What can I do with four or five hours? A million other things that would be more productive than that. Mm-hmm. So I guess timing my social media was one of the biggest thing that make a massive difference.
2: I think that's great. I think that that literally choosing a picture from your photo album or whatever from a photo shoot that you knew that you needed to post about and then writing out your your caption on Word, copying and pasting that shit, and just pff, being done. That's a that's great a, That's a great way to do it.
0: Let's try to suck up the positive out of social media and trying to leave out the negative out of it
2: yeah it's hard i've i've started in the beginning of this year i have basically made a commitment to not allow social media to use me but only use it right so literally like reach out to people that i want to connect with and zero scrolls zero scrolls i'm not liking other people's shit. I'm not commenting on other people's shit. I'm literally being proactive in, com- in creating community, and I'm not getting caught in the scroll, and it's been super helpful.
0: So also the biggest, like, the biggest uh, um, advice I got about this was, um, so when I was on, on Roger and he told me, because I told him about some of the hate I was getting online for shooting fish, and he said, think about your audience, right? So I think I have 325,000 right now. So He said, think about a theater that's full of those people. He said, that's a lot of fucking people. And I said, yeah, that's true. And he said, imagine that out of all of those people, say you're giving a concert or a talk, there's one guy in the back screaming, you're a fucking bitch. He's like, nobody's gonna listen to that guy because there's 325 people that came here to see you and are here to hear what you have to say. Yeah. And are actually like here for you. So why would you listen or even interact with the moron that actually saying something negative? And that made so much sense.
2: <laughs> yeah, I also think that there's always going to be that person, people that just that literally thrive on trying to drag everybody down. True. They just thrive in it. The you know, the that there's nothing you can do right in the eyes of the hater. It just you can't.
0: But I mean, I've been I've been I've done I've done it in the past. and I, I I found myself making Comments on people's posts being like, Well, I disagree with that. This is this, this is that. And then I realized that this was as a period of my life that I was not happy with what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So now I guess there's also an understanding of like that that person is not in the right place. And nobody is happy, successful, having a great day, decides to pick up Instagram, being like, I hate you, you you fucking bitch. Nobody does that.
2: No. No.
0: People do that is because they have something bad happening. I don't know, they have a bad day, the girlfriend just dumped them, whatever it is. So like, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> not let it ruin my day.
2: <laughs> so you, you—I mean, there's so much that that you have done and you are currently doing. If you had to sum it up, like, who are you?
0: Oh, that's a tough one.
2: <laughs> what is what is Valentine Thomas?
0: I guess it's it's it, it's still a vision. It's not. Um, I was offered to 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 write a book in Canada. And I said, I'm not ready because I, I I don't know what the end goal is here. And I don't know enough where I'm going to to tell people about it. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think I'm still evolving and who I want to be and who I want to become. And there's one thing that though I do want to show people is the fact that you can be a lot of different things. I'm a superficial woman, and I'm a cook, and then I'm, I'm girly, and then I'm... Can not shower and go camp for a week, and I can do, you can be different things. You don't have to define yourself by being only one thing.
2: I could not agree more. <laughs> I could not agree more. I think the days of do one thing and do it really well are the days of Ivy League college, right? And, yes. You know, I don't think that that's really accurate anymore. I think that you can be. I don't want to, you know, I, I don't like to say a jack of all trades, you know, whatever they say, per- perfection of none, but do what makes you happy, right? Like, do what makes you happy. And by the way, if that is creating businesses and being a family person and also shooting fish and cooking, I mean, like, there's so many different things that we can do. We're sort of, I believe that we have been trained as, uh, you know, from, from, from young, like, you've got to be, this is what I do, right? And that's why I asked you that question, because I was hoping that you would say exactly what you said, which is, honestly, like, I enjoy doing a bunch of different things, and that's also okay, <laughs> you know?
0: I think it's very good. I mean, I have, and Nick's boyfriend told me. Well, you cannot be a good mother, like, in the future if you have a business and you focus on your career. I was like, hold oh, my beer, bitch. Watch me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course you can. But, I mean, Dabian said it, it kind of, by being a lot of different things, it did slow me down on certain things. So especially with, sometimes it's hard because people do try to put you in a box, especially when it comes to, I don't know, working with different brands and stuff like that because they're like, well, what are you? Like, are you are you girly or are you outdoorsy or are you and even sometimes it's for i've been called a bikini girl by outdoorsy brand when i'm like not not no no, like not even a little bit or even though for more girly brands or for more girly stuff they're like well ew like you 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 touch blood this is like like we can't sorry we can't really so sometimes it's been a little bit hard but it's and the temptations i'm not gonna die it's been there to put myself in the box But every time I'm like, no, you can't do that. Just keep being authentic. Keep being what I do. And it's not – I'd rather push people to be everything that it can be than just grab a contract for a different You're a a renaissance
2: woman. You know, like that's – in my opinion, people are interested in that. People – you're, you know, like the uniqueness of saying, yeah, you know what, like – on Friday, you might catch me doing a TED Talk. On Sunday, you might catch me 100 feet down shooting a red snapper. <laughs> on Monday, you might catch me, you know, hanging out with my friends wakeboarding. And on Thursday, you might catch me writing my fucking book and cooking dinner for, you know, Joe Rogan. But, like, that's my life. You know what <laughs> Pretty I mean? Much. Like, how cool is that, right? And so I think that's to say, anybody listening, like, by the way, like, be comfortable doing what makes you happy. Be comfortable doing a bunch of different things. You know, I get shit, too. I get shit, too. I've had people be like, yo, what are you? Are you a chef? Are you a restaurant guy? Are you a business person? Are you an athlete? What are you? Like, what are you? Do you, are you you're a fashion guy. Like, you got tattoos. Like, do you, you know, and I'm like, no, actually, like, I do what the fuck I want to do. Like, I enjoy exactly. it. And, like, I, I want to bring as many people along with me throughout the way. And that's kind of what this podcast has been able to help me do, right? Like, I, I, I've been able to connect with people like you and say, hey, you know, there's not a one-size-fits-all thing. You know, everybody's got their own shit. Some people I, I bring on the show and they're like, my morning routine is blah, 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 blah. And my eating, evening routine is blah, 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 blah. And then I bring some of other people on the show and they're like, no, 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 fuck that. Like, I <laughs> actually don't work in that way. Like, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna be held down to a structure where like, if I don't do this, I don't feel good, you know? Um, and so everybody's freaking different and everybody's entitled to that. You know, I, I want you to tell us, uh, I got to ask about a story deep down under the water. Like, give us a good, a good scary one.
0: Oh, I got a few. <laughs> um, which one should I? Okay, I'm going to tell a story about well, what was your family in Florida? Is your family, family is based in Florida now, right? Now,
2: now they're in Florida. We're in Florida. Florida. I'm going to uh, try
0: to geographically.
2: So they're my, my sister is in Wellington and my mother is in Delray.
0: Okay. So I'm going to tell you East Coast of Florida story. Actually, no, maybe you're never going to want to swim there again. Oh, boy. (laughs) So I am fishing with my friends, and the current is ripping that day. We anchor the boat, and what we do sometimes, we just attach a rope to the back of the boat that's very long, so you can just grab the rope and pull yourself back to the boat so you don't have to exhaust yourself swimming back type of thing. We do that. I get in the water. I take a dive on top of a wreck. I shoot a big amberjack, and now all of a sudden, there's 30 bull sharks just showing up. And they're swimming really fast, and I'm like, ah, shit. So I start screaming to my friend. I was like, shark, 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 shark. So they both jump out of the boat, and they both come into water with me. And we're, like, fending off sharks. And that, the way oh, to do that, at you? they're coming. So we're kind of poking. My friend grabs the fish, and I drop the fish. It really doesn't matter. Like, we don't eat the fish. No, nah, no, nah, we're fine. We're fine. He grabs the fish, and I look up. The boat is, like, a small little dot. Super far away.
2: Because the current is just... The current
0: rip. is just so strong. We've been so busy, like, pushing up sharks. So my friend says, okay, I'm just going to swim for the boat, and I'm going to pick you guys up. I'm like, all right. So my friend is underwater Are you with me. Are you
2: scared right now? I'm
0: Yeah, like, at that point, I'm not super comfortable. My heart is pumping, and, like, this is not just a great situation. Are you situation. with oxygen or free diving? No, we're, oh, I always do free diving. Never okay. do oxygen stuff. And then... So I tell my friend, I shot my gun. So basically the spear is there and the gun is there. So we're back to back and my friend is pushing guns, uh, the, the, the shark away with the guns. He's holding my fish and I'm holding my spear and I'm trying to like pushing off the shark. And I'm like chop the fish. Is like no, nah, we're cool. I'm like really, are we cool though? Are they are they
2: there <laughs> though? Because the blood is coming from the fish. Are they? Is that like keeping them around? Like if you were to drop the fish, would they go follow the fish?
0: Yes, they would follow the fish and I would eat the fish. But and then come, when I start feeding though, it's they get a little bit. It's it, it's a tough situation. It's a little <laughs> oh <my> bit. <laughs>
2: <God>. <laughs> Sounds like it.
0: And then after about thirty minutes, my friend finally arrives with the boat, and we jump in. We put the fish on the boat and then we ate it and it was just like okay but this is that's the thing with spearfishing though and just the ocean in general things can go from being really really good to really really not good within 30 seconds
2: is that the closest kind of like call you've had
0: no i had much
2: worse than that oh wow <laughs> let's go you got it we got to let's finish up on these much worse stories
0: my worst one was definitely in tampa i was fishing around and then i had um I had a fish, and a boat was pretty far away. Um, and I clipped the fish to my gun, which I normally never do, but the fish was kind of far. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to like kind of slowly fin there and I'm going to kind of keep fishing uh, while I'm doing that. And it was super shallow. It was like 15 feet of water. And there's a baby tiger shark just like right in front of me. I'm like, "Ah, oh, shit. So I don't really know what to do, and I try to push it. But my fish is just, like, doing, like, it's just, like, dangling in the right butt of my gut. Right so I'm basically, shark. like, putting it in its face. And he's very young. You can tell he's very young. So he's kind of small. He's maybe, like, six foot. And he's pretty skinny and he's circling me nonstop. And I'm like, oh, shit. And he's charging me.
2: And if you were to shoot him, what would happen?
0: So I didn't know. This was a few years ago. So I was like, I don't know what to do. Also, I didn't want to shoot my gun. It's my only thing between me and the shark. Yeah. And if I miss it, then I just piss him off, and he's going to try to eat me even more. Mm. So this is just not, I didn't know what to do. And let's be real here. Yes, I'm in a shark home. Yes, this is his habitat. So if it's, I'm talking about the potential of shooting a shark. If I have to choose between my life and a shark's life, sorry, but I'm going to pick mine. All day. And... Put yourself in perspective Was your mom swimming and a shark was approaching her and she had a shark gun underwater. Step. Which one would you pick? Would you say, oh, well, my mom shouldn't have swum into the ocean. Too bad. Point one for shark. You can't eat her. No, sorry. It's yeah. not. That's not what yeah. anybody would do. And it's easy to say that from your living room. But when you're in the water, nobody will pick the shark. Anywho. Um, <laughs> and then the shark's getting crazier and crazier. And at some point it rolls its eyes and it's when the shark is ready to eat. So what they do, they protect their eyes when they're just ready to uh, to Come. like attack. And I was like, oh, I was like, this is it. This is just the end, this is the end of the line, I'm gonna die. And just I was about to do a Hail Mary and being like, I'm gonna have to shoot that shark. There's nothing I else I can do, basically. And my friend arrived and he's like, What's up? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, shark, 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 shake, shark. And then it's you have to have eyes pretty much everywhere, which is why we do this back to back thing. Mm. So the guys go back to back to me and we're just waiting, and the shark did a couple of circles and they just left. They don't like being outnumbered. Wow. Which is why you always have to be in pair when you dive. And we're experienced diver. We broke the rules a little bit. You shouldn't do that. Everybody I know who died fishing, it was always because they broke the rules and they have experienced divers.
2: And so, and most people that die spearfishing are from shark
0: no drowning drowning shallow water blackout
2: it's pretty oh, much the biggest danger yes got it
0: so that shark story is very sharks getting crazy shark can try to charge you and attack you it's rare that it happens if you put me in the water with a camera and i try to film a shark he's not gonna let me come close they don't really like it if they come close like when you see those footage of people like diving with sharks and they go really close the sharks have been fed,
2: right? And I would imagine, you know, anybody that's listening, like, chances are you're not swimming with a with a with a fucking bleeding fish in your hand, right? Yes, you know what I mean. Like that's that that also would attract an, a shark.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> that is nuts. That's crazy. So when you're when you when you have those two stories, I assume that was over a course of. Time right, twenty minutes, whatever it is, thirty minutes. So you're, you're, are you surfaced at this point, and you're coming back down, or you're like, are you go? I, is it safer to be under the water, where you could see the shark, or is it like safer to be sort of on top of the water?
0: Well, it's because of because we're free diving. You have to be on top of the water, sure. and you have a snorkel. You just look around. You have to look. Okay. Basically, because they do, like you
2: couldn't just swim away. Like that would be a bad idea.
0: No, you oh, you want to face the shark, and you want to. This sounds hard, but it's actually easier to do in the water. You have to act like a predator. So if a shark comes towards you, if you go towards the shark, it's gonna leave. It, they, they really don't like that. Got it. So again, yeah. unless they're like and
2: you know, it's weirdly so like
0: very curious and like, but again, those sharks that were in that location, I mean, the first from the first story, they are being fed. They shark operations realm, which is why. They allow themselves to come closer mm-hmm. to 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 humans, but it's apart from a tiger. Sharks very curious. Sharks don't come close.
2: Fear is so real. Like you're telling me this story, and I'm listening, and I'm thinking, you know, like fear is such a real thing. It, you know, I, I read this book. I, it was one of two books. It was either this book, "Courage Is Calling" by Ryan Holiday, or another book. I'll put it in the show notes. Anyway, tells this story about war and about. Uh, like back in the days, some roman army small roman army was was battling savages but but small was battling a massive army like they knew that they were a thousand times outnumbered, like they had a hundred, and there was like ten thousand of those guys and the 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 general of the small army looked at his people and said we are all scared we are all scared because we know how big they are but they don't know how small we are and they're also fucking scared <laughs> they're also scared if you don't it, like we are we're, we're we have like when we're walking through life and we're afraid of something or someone or some big challenge right like
1: everybody is also afraid
2: every everyone is afraid Fear is a real thing. Yes. And I do believe what gets, what propels the good to the great is our ability to face fear. How willing are we to fucking face fear head on and get to the other side of it? Right?
0: And it can change you as a person. Um, But one thing that fights fear, though, and I find that super interesting, is repetition. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that if you're scared of something, I don't know, uh, just uh, skydiving. After a hundred jump, you're not gonna be scared anymore. If you're scared of difficult conversations, if you have a hundred difficult conversations, you're gonna get good at it. Everything that you do, mm-hmm. a repetition, you will stop fearing it.
2: Eventually, yeah, it's gonna have to go away. The one thing that I, the <laughs> one thing that I will say, does not ever get better and I do it every day, is the cold plunge. Oh, yeah. The cold plunge, it just never, there's never a moment, there's never a time in the morning where I know I'm walking into that thing where I'm, la- I'm not like, I'm scared this is going to suck. Like it's just going <laughs> to suck every time. It's, not, it's never like, oh, yeah, I'm not, that doesn't, it doesn't affect me anymore. Um,
0: <laughs> That's funny. That's waking up early for me.
2: <laughs> there you go. Right. What's going on, guys? And today's giveaway for this week on the Creatures Have a Podcast is going to KCHU676. That's KCHU676. And they write, I found this podcast after listening to Michael's guest appearance on Ben Greenfield's podcast. I had no idea Michael was the founder of Seymour's and the Meatball Shop, which have been restaurant staples during my time in New York. And after listening to Michael's hacks for morning routines and habits, I was instantly hooked and started following the podcast. Michael is extremely engaging and refreshing to listen to. I would highly recommend this podcast. Five out of five. Thank you so, so much for the kindness. Do us a favor and DM us on Instagram or write us at info at creaturesofhabit.com to get your either free box of meal one or bag of nightcap. I really, really appreciate you listening to the pod, the support and taking the time to write this review. And guys, just know that you write a review, you enter to win a bag of nightcap or a box of meal one. Thank you so much. Back to the pod. Let's just finish off talking about your new book. So, Good catch. Um, is a book of recipes that you've collected over the years from all over the world. Uh, tell us, tell us quickly about what the book is and 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 why um, why it was important for you to, to make it.
0: So it's 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 kind of not just a cookbook. There's a story behind it of why I wrote the book of my story, um, and then there's also travel stories a lot. So every recipe is attached to a story. So the reason why this recipe is in the book, and I explain why. And they're all um, according to destination, travel destinations that, that I had. So also the first part of the book is very technical in the sense that I'm explaining people, which is the biggest issue when it comes to seafood. People don't know how to cook it. They don't know how to source it. They don't know which one they can eat raw. There's so many questions. So the first part of the book is really aimed at giving people all the tools to be an expert at fish and cooking it also. (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Is there a meal that you can remember um, that really just stands out for you? If you can say like one meal that really just stands out for you.
0: Yes. It was, I was in the Bahamas and we went fishing for fish and lobsters and different thing during the day. And we were, we found a desert island and it was just, it was just fantastic. It was in the middle of nowhere. One of the most beautiful beach I've ever seen. We gathered wood, we made a fire, we grilled lobsters and fish and everything we caught that day. And I found something from plants that were edible and I just make a little salad with it. And it was just the best meal i ever had in my life. And I didn't have, I had lemon, olive oil, salt and pepper.
2: It's the best. Those are, <laughs> that's all you need. What kind of fish did you guys catch?
0: Hogfish, which is one of my favorite one. It was just, oh, it was just. I grill it. I love a scale on, so I could pull it, I could grill it directly on the grill, mm-hmm. and it was just one of the best. Everything was eating with fingers. It was, you have no forks, nothing. We just made it. It was just, ugh. Oh. For me, this is the best meal. And that's when people ask me, what's the best way to cook fish? Butter, olive oil, salt, pepper, lemon juice. That's, that's it. it. You're done. That's
2: <laughs> it. That's it. I, I, literally, I literally have gone, when I first started cooking, especially when I was in like my culinary school days, I wanted everything to be like fancy and sauces and, you know, like techniques and, and literally all I cook with today, no matter what I'm cooking, it's great olive oil, yes. great salt, sometimes pepper, sometimes butter, and that's it. Like, literally. It's the best. That's all. That's, that's it. <laughs> Maybe every once in a while, a little crushed red pepper. You know. <laughs> um, well, one
0: of my favorite new ones that I'm doing now is, especially when I'm, I have a whole fish, because a lot of people don't really know, too, how to use whole fish. So I get that whole fish. I bring it home. I take the fillets. And then I take the rest, like the, the carcasses, and I put it in a small pot. I really crush it. I barely cover it with water. I make a super quick fish stock that takes 30 minutes. And then grill the fillets, and then you use the sauce and you put anything. It's so simple. Mm. Mix the fish stock with heavy cream or with white wine and just make a nice sauce, and now you utilize the entire fish. And it's amazing.
2: (laughs) Totally. Um, Where can people follow along?
0: Probably on my Instagram. Although I am very, very short time on my Instagram, I like to respond to people. I like to talk to people. So it's... That's a good place to to figure out where I am and stuff like that. Again, like I'd I really like to – everybody told me I may end up dead in a garbage bag if I keep doing that, but I like it too much. Uh, <laughs> I just like – I like talking pe- to people. I like meeting people. So
2: That's cool. Just
0: hit me up and find New York. I have something planned for sure.
2: <laughs> I always have one last question, um, and uh, it's kind of a tough one. We have a little bit you – know, a couple minutes to finish up, but you you do a lot. You've done a lot. Why? Why do you do it? For the butter. I'm joking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's, it evolved a lot, and I think it's okay. I think that everything through our life, why the why evolves. My why is very different now than it was five years ago, and I think it's all about figuring out what is this why and just keep doing everything that's in line with that. It could be, you know, right now what matters is my family, OK? But then structure your life around that. Right now, what's important is building my career, then build everything around that. Just do what makes you happy. And you know what? Be here for a short time or a good time. <laughs> no I'm joking. But it's just really about <laughs> yeah, just just figure out your why and make it your now.
2: Mm. Figure out your why and make it your now. I think that's a nice way to end. <laughs> You're awesome.
1: Thank you. Well,
0: thank you for having me.
1: Thank you so, so much. Of course. (laughs) And there you have it, folks. I hope we delivered some valuable content for you to implement into your life on a daily basis. Please remember that our habits have the power to make us or break us. Replacing bad habits with great ones is the answer to living a life of happiness, optimism, and high performance. We are capable of achieving anything. We all have what it takes to give it all we've got. Commit to one great habit each day and truly commit and watch how everything in your life starts evolving from good to great. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a five-star rating and a nice review that will help us grow this podcast, bring on more amazing guests, and continue to deliver invaluable content on a weekly basis. Lastly, please share this podcast with any friends or family that you think might appreciate it. And always remember, want plus do equals have. Until the next one, fam. Peace.